going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Dean7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 520 on the dot on the East Coast, 220 on the West Coast, 420 Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It is called It's Called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, uh, Bobby, who called his shot yesterday. Uh, where's Big T? Is he lurking in the chat today? These Big T deserves a big old L. Uh, Bobby, Big T was he was kind of taunting you. He was he was poking the bear. He was teasing you about you know once upon a time you would uh you'd screenshot on the Twitter machine in an early game and say hopefully this holds. And, you know, just like the whole ten percent thing about me, people think that's just true. Well, now that's your label, Bobby. But you said, look, Big T made fun of you yesterday. You said, hey, you make fun of me. That's right. I'm gonna screenshot life. And you uh, what was it, forty, fifty k, something like that? You took down. Yeah, right around, uh, yeah, right, pretty close to 50. Um, yeah, it was a good, a really good night. I didn't even play that big and finished second and fourth in the $15 on draft games, and that was uh, only had 10 entries in it. Um, so I had a really, really nice run. Obviously, ran well. You got it to win tournaments, but uh, like it was, it was cool. It's it's the weirdest thing that Big T has done that three times on air when I was not, <laughs> and every time I've had a, like a 30 grand profit night or higher. So. I, uh, I don't think it, I don't I actually like the the joking it's funny I used to do it as a superstitious thing early on like you know I wasn't like trying to show off people with the early screenshots it was literally like, yeah. like I wanted something to go my way but anyway it, it was a really good night um tired of getting second places but I'm not obviously going to complain just ready to get a big win and uh, I'm actually excited about the slides slate today as I you often are after after nice nights yeah yeah I uh I made a, I made a couple wrong turns last night. It didn't really go as well as I anticipated. You know, of course, yeah, it was it was a fun night. And what you, I think, uh, scores were across over four hundred, right? Did you hit the four hundred club? Oh yeah, I've had a few lineups uh, over four hundred. But uh, it's daily fantasy sports. All we care about is today, not about yesterday, not about tomorrow. We care about tonight. Uh, it is a six gamer. It is an interesting slate where it's like, you know, try to you got to figure out who the best setter is. Of course, depending on where you're shopping, you can play up to five on fast draft. Uh, two, two and a half, depending on the, you know, versatility of uh, positions on DK and the Fandle, you only pick one. Um, and body parts, most of it's kind of settled. We'll, we'll talk about as far as uh, Minnesota, which plays seven o'clock on the East Coast. I imagine we'll get that info at some point, uh, hopefully during the show. If not during the show, it'll drop at some point during uh, crunch time and they'll tell you how to pivot. Uh, you know, crunch time, if you guys are pre-members, you got to Andy, uh, Andy Beans, Kevin Roth, and uh, they take as many questions as possible up the lock, break down the slate for you guys. If anything breaks, they tell you how to adjust accordingly. Um, yeah. Oh, and also, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe. We much appreciate that. And jump on over here to Rotor Grinders as well. You can get yourself a seven-day free trial. Uh, probably the last day you can get yourself, uh, I presume, Cheese is Good, will write his baseball article for Thursday. And once you read that article once, you will realize that is the best baseball article in the business uh, and worth the price of a premium alone. Uh, nonetheless, all right. Uh, let, let's uh, let's tackle this slate. Let's talk about some body parts, Bobby. Before we do that, what is the what's your screenshot of, of this slate? Because uh, there's not a lot of value. We had a lot last night. <laughs> As of right now, the value is pretty bleak. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting night. It's I think it's a good tournament. I think there's ways to go that other people won't. I feel like there's like four potentially stackable games, even though there's things to worry about in those four. Um, I don't think you need to stack in general, but on these small slates, I actually think like today, there's a lot of things that lend itself like, a, a, you know, taking one guy on one side, like playing a, a Bradley Beal with a Jokic on the other side, making more, makes more sense just because you're hoping that game stays close um, than on most nights. But I, so I just find myself doing a little more correlating plays tonight. Um, it's an interesting night. The, the value is not as good as probably people think it is, and it's not as safe. 
Um, but there are some guys we're taking chances on that are good pivots, which we'll get into. Yeah, I mean, I just found my lock button. We'll talk about it in a second, and probably everybody else's lock button too. Uh, people are just discovering a person named Troy Brown Jr., and, and we'll talk about it because uh, the first body part to fall officially, uh, Trevor Ariza is out with his groin. Troy Brown Jr. is going to draw the start. We'll talk about that momentarily. It's the first game on the slate. As far as the other body parts going down tonight, uh, MKG, Michael K. Gilchrist is out with his head. Uh, he's got a concussion. Maxi Cleaver's got a wrist. He's questionable. Boogeyman Cousins, Demarcus, is expected back with his foot. He is probable. Um, Tyler, uh, Cody Zeller has got a knee, uh, so he's doubtful. Three dudes from Minnesota just done for the season. They're, they're in shutdown mode. Minnesota's running out of bodies for sure. Bob Covington, Jeff Teague, Derek Rose, they're donezo uh, for the season. We won't talk about them again. Uh, Luol Deng is out with his Achilles and Ty Skips is questionable with his calf. So Minnesota, obviously super thin tonight. Um, Kelly Oubre, he's done so for the season as well, too. Tyler Johnson's out with a knee. Rashawn Holmes is, uh, I have questionable. I think that's wrong, though. Is he, he's questionable, right? Yeah, he's questionable with the squad. Uh, and they signed Jinder Fredette. I don't believe he's playing tonight, but uh, that'll be fun to watch, I suppose, down the stretch. And then Darren Collison's out with his squad, too. So um, what? it feels like most things are settled outside of Taj, right? That's the, that's the most important piece outside of what we might not know. Like last night, how Zach Levine just did not play, but we didn't see that coming. Well, we we got actually that's that was the last pivot I was able to do was when they announced him out. Um, getting Chris Dunn and Mark in as many lineups as possible obviously paid off. So you never know. Keep an eye out. Like there, this these you know getting things in after lock on late swap sites is obviously incredibly valuable on fantasy draft. Obviously, we don't worry about it, but um, it's it's something that you really should take advantage of on late swap sites as much as possible. Uh, Roto Grinders app, uh, push notifications, Cody Zeller officially out. Get yourself the RG app. There you go. Uh, all right. You ready to break it down game by game? Let's do it. Well, if I, if, I, if you, you see the excitement on my face, it's because of March Madness is on over my show. Like it's Belmont versus Maryland. It's a doozy. Two minutes to go. I mean, if you see me get excited, that's what's going on over here because <laughs> college basketball is just. All right. Uh, Denver versus Washington, 229 and a half is a total. Denver is a nine-point favorite here. Um, well, it's a parade of studs as far as centers. I think uh, Jokic is one of the top guys that are worth considering. We'll talk about Cats soon enough. Uh, of course, Drummond against Phoenix is a prize as well. Um, I think those are the top three. If you don't consider ownership and things of that sort, Jokic, Towns, Drummond, would you agree with that? And if you wouldn't, or if you would, where would you prioritize Jokic on the, uh, the Olympic stands? I would say Towns, Jokic. <laughs> then it gets close between Drummond and Gobert. Um, I like to probably give an edge to Drummond on that one, but there's places where I actually found myself needing the extra 400. So I do have some Gobert too, but they're all good plays. You can play two of these guys together. Um, if, as, if, if you want, like that's something I'm, you're playing center in your utility spot. I think for the most part, there's a few other guards that I, that I'm kind of interested in, but mostly centers, right? Yeah, I believe so. I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, fans traffic. I, I guess you could play all three. I mean, obviously we can strict the rest of your lineup. You could play Jokic, Drummond, and Towns have a lot of fun with those three and then sort of piece it together along the way. There's going to be some guys going to be a bit squeamish on because we do live in the world of salary cap. Uh, secondary pieces on Denver, Bobby. Uh, we got Jamal Murray. We got, I don't want to say, I guess Harris is playable. I suppose he's in bad form. Millsap's been in great form, but he's a little bit pricey. Of course, the matchup here against Washington's pretty appealing. Uh, Denver is battling it out as far as playoffs, you know, with Golden State. They're uh, one, two essentially right, right now. It's so weird, Bobby. If you look to the, the playoffs, we know who's going to be in the West. We already know, like, 10 games left because Sacramento's, like, what, seven games out? They're less than 1% chance of catching up to OKC, who's currently eighth. 
but like Utah is fifth and they're a half a game out of eighth. A lot of jockeying for position as far as the playoffs. Uh, Denver, what are we doing here as far as pieces outside of Jokic? So, yeah, Jokic being the obvious one, this, there is, I think there is like a little risk, you know, I mean, I don't want to like play on a blow a team, you know, getting blown out at home. I sort of like Jokic and then running it back with, uh, with Beal on the other side. Um, I think Murray and Barton are interesting. I actually think Monte Morris is probably a better play than people realize. Like the only reason his minutes were down, Isaiah, those six minutes, you know, he lost, <laughs> he lost Isaiah just because he was in Boston. Um, uh, yeah. It, it's not like exciting, like, look, but we're looking for value. So, as sort of a wild card play, but mostly I think that you're gonna you're gonna focus on Jokic, and then it's followed by Murray, then Barton, then um, Millsap. But mostly it's gonna be Jokic and Murray for me. Yeah. So Isaiah Thomas played. They said he was out of the rotation, but he's in. A, there was a game in Boston. Uh, I think they had a tribute video for him too as well. Uh, he played seven of the worst minutes you'll ever see a, a basketball player play in the NBA, uh, and unfortunately he's just not good anymore because the hips don't lie. His hip is shot. Uh, and he's also like a foot shorter than everybody else too. So, I mean, I don't know who signs him next year. He might be like a G League guy. He might be a guy playing in China. Who knows? But uh, man, it's so amazing because he they all, they were so close to getting that Brinks truck uh, backed up in like a hundred million or so. But uh, that's tough. He's, he was easy to root for, fun to root for as far as watching him on the court. But it's just not happening for him. Um, Washington side, I guess the first guy we're talking about is Troy Brown Jr. Right? Yeah. Um gonna play should play a lot of minutes I mean Ariza's minutes have been cut down a little bit because he obviously was banged up and now they're you know gonna they've been playing Troy Brown more and you'll see even more of that so it's Troy Brown Jr. Um, I think that that makes sense it's just I wouldn't I'm not like there is definitely gonna be some lineups where I don't play him and it's just gonna be taking shots on other guys but mostly it's it's not really like if you're playing one lineup, a guy that I think you should fade unless we hear about somebody else that we think is exceptional value or you just skip the value altogether. All right. So I, I wrote a, on the expert survey today, there's four different people that write on this and kind of my piece was about Troy Brown or something I focused on. Uh, under the assumption that Ariza is out, Ariza is out. Uh, so the last seven games, his minutes have climbed up every single game, 12, 13, 16, 17, 20, 25, and 29 last night. Uh, he was the first guy to re- relieve Ariza. Uh, Ariza got hurt without a minute left in the in the in the first half. I believe he came in to finish that minute or so, and then he started the second half. He played 15 minutes in the second half or 20, if you want to count the overtime period. On the season, it's not a huge sample because you know he hasn't played a ton, but there is pedigree here. He's a you know number 15 pick in the draft this year. He's a 19 years old, just like Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., and uh, he's averaged what point what point nine one fantasy points per minute. Uh, I think, and like, look, Washington's all but eliminated from the playoffs. They have like a 1% chance or less than 1% chance, according to 538. They're playing on a back-to-back. There's no reason not to give this kid some run. Like, he seems like a lock for 30 minutes outside of walking, as as far as I can tell. Um, Yeah, so 30 minutes at .91 fantasy points per minute. Of course, you know, playing with the starters might hurt a little bit. Playing against Denver might hurt a little bit. But nonetheless, I think he gets to 20-ish. So, uh, and there's no other value, basically. <laughs> he's, my, he's my favorite value piece in the slate. So, uh, you know, it's it's chalk, and maybe it's bad chalk. I don't know, but I'm locked. But I'm fairly certain I'm going to lock button uh, good old Troy Brown Jr. That's my case for him. Did I, did I sell you on Troy? I mean, I'm still on him mostly. Like, I just am looking for other situations where guys – I mean, it's, he's such heavy chalk, and I like the other chalk. Um, but – I do think that, like, he's going to, like I said, he'll be in most of my lineups. It's just I'm going to try and fade him in a few spots just to try and take a shot on on some of these other, you know, 
longer shot guys that might even be a little more expensive, might only have a similar score, but just lineup construction wise might, might end up doing it for you. If they got playing a guy at 3,300 or 3,900 who we'll get into in a, in a, just the next game, I think. Well, what about Bradley Beal? Uh, again, there's no reason to push Bradley Beal. He is the future piece of this team, especially with wall being down. Uh, and there's, I, I Bradley you, Beal doesn't have a non push button. He just does. He just goes, he just plays every minute. He plays hard every, you know, it's weird. They're not a good defensive team. But he's a guy with a history of leg injuries. He's a guy with a history of, uh, of minutes limits. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. He hasn't had a history of minutes limits recently. He leads the league in minutes by quite a bit. Correct. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, he played 44 yesterday. I don't see any. I mean, he played 31 in that game against Utah only because he didn't, you know, they were down by 30. Um, unless they're down by 30, like, I think that they still, he just wants to play it out. I, I mean, look. Is there at some point may that happen? Do you want to be ahead of the curve? Sure, but like I kind of want to take the I'm going to let that happen approach. I'm not. He's a guy I don't even worry about on back-to-backs in general. Like he's just, you know, he played 39 minutes in his last back-to-back. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I still think I'm going to play uh, some Bradley Beal, but mostly it's going to be in spots where I'm playing a Jokic or a Murray or a Martin. So the other side of that argument is uh, I was reading a really interesting article on ESPN. Uh, talking about tens of millions of dollars at stake, uh, you know, as far as the NBA sprint, and it's not just Beal, but Cat's another guy. As far as uh, I'm not as cap savvy as other people, but like there's the, there's the max, there's the super max, depending on who signs. And I think if he gets like a third uh, NBA third team, just like Cat as well, uh, and that's what these guys are playing for. And Cat's uh, up for 31 million dollars, basically a 31 million dollar bonus if he makes the NBA's third team. And the presumption is that Embiid and Jokic are going to get first and second. Uh, and then uh, who are they like Gobert? I'm missing a couple other guys as far as center uh, Vukovic as far as who's, who he's battling with as far as Cat. But you know that's that's a lot of money, thirty million dollars, and Beal to uh, I'm, I'm sure he's lobbying to play for him to become an NBA third team. Uh, I, again, are you, are you aware of this story? You, you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's a huge motivating factor for these guys who you we don't understand why they are out there and play all these minutes. I mean, it's it's a huge amount of money that we're talking about, obviously. So. Yeah, um, I, I think that, that that also, I mean, you said that's a different point, but I feel like that's, that's sort of the same point that I'm on. Like, these guys want to play every game, and, you know, Beal still has a legitimate shot to make 13 All-NBA. Well, I'm saying two different things. It's point-counterpoint. Like, logic says he shouldn't be playing, but this says right. maybe he will. And like you said, as of right now, he's playing, well, he played, was playing 39, minute, 39 minutes last night and played five more in overtime. So he was on track to play 39. So, like, you know, he's probably going to play 39 again. And we talk about trying to get ahead of the curve when they're officially limited for the playoffs. I wouldn't think he would play 40 down the stretch, but uh, you know, there's nothing that says he's not going to. <laughs> right. So. Um, I mean, and they still mathematically, like, I, I think people like that. Like they, they, at least you still go out there and give it like, he's their guy now. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, they're playing at home. Like I don't see this being a spot where they're just going to want to throw in the towel and we see what happens. Washington has a bad habit, which is partly what's so great about playing them. of just getting down by like 15 points right away, which keeps Bradley Beal on the court often to start the second quarter and usually when he I mean often in the games he doesn't come out of the game in the, from the third to fourth quarter he doesn't even miss that like get uh rotation sometimes just because they get down by so much they literally need him and uh even losing a little bit of a Ariza not that that's a usage guy or not that it should affect him but every little bit they need more offense from him uh, in a game where they could get you know fall behind I just think it's like a great tournament angle to play and his ownership's lower than it should be I mean this guy is basically averaging 55 fantasy points a game and his price is too cheap for, for what he is. All that said, uh, you know, uh, we, we, you're, you're delegating funds tonight, right? 
Are you delegating funds to Beal before you're delegating to Towns or Jokic or uh, or Doncic or, or Drummond? It's still kind of hard to get there, right? So how much are you prioritizing him if you assume he's going to play 40 minutes? Uh, wait, if I assume I, I'm how much am I prioritizing right now? I've got yeah. him in about about a third of my lineups, but mostly they're trying to play a little bit of a mini game stack with Brown, obviously, and then running it back with Jokic or Murray um, or both and or or Barton. We got some news, Bobby. Uh, this is going to shake up the slate a bit. Uh, Taz Gibson, according to the Yellow Rotor Grinders app, officially yeah. out with a calf. Uh, THJ, Tim Hardaway Jr., is out with a, uh, a foot. And uh, Maxi Kleber is going to play with his wrist. He is probable. Didn't see the THJ one coming. We'll talk about that soon enough. Uh, other pieces on Washington. Who else is interesting to you? Um, wow, this is going to change things a lot. Um, I think that, you know, he's less of a play now in play now because I think Sarich is a better play. But, like, uh Jeff Green just has like a little bit of upside and I think that's probably more than people realize. I actually worry that he might be the one though who loses some more minutes too on this back to back. Um, and Jabari played a bunch last night. So I, I don't know, man, it's a little bit tough. Like I don't think I'm at these prices going to play Jabari, especially on fantasy drafts, a little high for Jabari. Bobby Portis makes some sense, but I just think that it, I don't think I'm going to end up really playing too many of the other guys uh, may throw green into something. I think that there's an argument to be made for Thomas Bryant. And it's partly taking that Jeff Green playing a back-to-back situation into account. Like, it's a really off-the-board, you know, seeming value play. We're looking for value for one thing. And you have a team that plays two bigs that, you know, when Jokic comes out, obviously, you're, I mean, even when Jokic is in, too, you're going to see uh, plenty of uh, Mason Plumley. And I think that you could play either of those guys. But I would, I think Thomas Bryant is actually, like, an interesting guy who might get some extra run and we've seen what happens like also what if Port- like Portis gets in foul trouble which he does about 35 percent of the time you could have Thomas Bryan in there early and he, like he can smash if he plays like 24 minutes and that's that's possible it's funny you say I, I had the same thought on, on Bryant I think just get yourself a share get yourself a pinch by no means do you play him in cash games but we've seen spike games out of him and uh, this feels like a game that's more likely to be a spike game than not uh, it doesn't mean he's not going to play 17 minutes but it wouldn't shock me if he plays 27 and is a pretty strong fantasy point minute player. I, I agree. Uh, I, I think he's a really interesting tournament play. Um, but, you know, the floor is bad. Boy, this might be a goofy question. Uh, Jabari Parker, uh, is he auditioning for to get signed next year by Washington? The, the club has an option to pay him $20 million bucks if they want to. Like, and they're, they don't have anybody. There's no wall next year, right? I don't, I don't know. Well, they can say, I know that seems like an overspend for Parker. Like his stats are good, but he doesn't help you win. Uh, would they consider like keeping him? Would they, would they keep that option? I mean, one thing, look, a lot of guys, he had inj- got injuries like early in his career. You just still don't know what he is. He's still young enough to be a good player. Like offensively, he is a real force. Like he can play. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep him. I, I, I don't know what their, what their plan is. I, I genuinely, I wouldn't be shocked either way these days, but I don't think that he's the, you know, I don't want him for 20 million, but I, I think he still has like a future in the NBA and we shouldn't just like completely give up on him as a player. Cause he's, he's still really talented. And for moments in every game, he looks like the best player on the court. It's usually just one or two moments, but still like <laughs> he's got some, some real talent. Anyway, I'm not going to play him tonight. He's so. eating his canter like in a forwards body. Yeah. How about that? I yeah. don't know. I'm not going to play my forward, but Pretty dreadful as far as on the defensive end. Yeah. Uh, anybody else on watch that kind of jumps out for you? Anybody else this game that's worth talking about or shall we move on? I think we should move on. All right. Minnesota, Charlotte, 222 is the total. Charlotte is a five-point favorite here. Ty's Gibson now officially ruled out. Um, well, let's talk about Cat first. 
And by the way, we had we talked about thirty-one million dollars for Cat if he gets the uh, you know as far as uh, additional as far as salary because he gets the super max or something like that. Uh, I did. Why would you not play Cat today? Outside of the fact they have no motivation, uh, the matchup of course is awesome. He's the he's the last man standing for Minnesota that can score buckets outside of like Wiggins. Basically, we'll talk about Sharks as well. Uh, you know, Jones more of a distributor. So uh, also there was this note I saw Mike Gallagher tweeted out earlier today, and this isn't chasing me off, but just something. It's, I guess, you know, always take it into consideration. Supposedly, Cat is playing through knee, sore, knee soreness. I'm not sure if you saw that. Uh, Tyus Jones also is dealing with some sort of, uh, what is it, tightness in his hamstring. Just kind of notes out there. Uh, but, you know, in theory, they should have to play. But, of course, they're not really playing for anything. It's not going to chase me away. But I'm not lock-buttoning Cat. Uh, how much do you prioritize Carl Anthony Towns tonight? I mean, it's really – I want to be ahead of the field, which means I'm going to have an absolute ton of them. What are you going to say, man? How can you argue against him being like a great play? The only argument is just if someone from a lower tier could surpass him, you've got Jokic just beneath him. But like Jokic is going to have some ownership too, um, which is going Drum to keep go there. way down. Yeah. So I sort of like the idea of playing them together because I like these guys. I like the chalk big guys so much that you can play them with Drummond or Gobert. And I think that's kind of an interesting route to go. Or even a guy like, you know, Aiton, who we'll get to later, but like as a sort of like a long shot play on, you know, a, a slate where everything seems to be pretty condensed. But I love Cat. Um, I think that there's some really – I think this is my favorite game, the stack. Uh, I really, really like – like, you have Charlotte still – this is probably like – they're right on the verge of just being eliminated mathematically. I don't think they give up tonight. I know you want to try and stay ahead of it. But there might be like a sort of a combo thing. I think you might see everybody play all the time. Or you might see like – like we saw Bridges get extra run in the last game as well as Bacon. Um but two lost the minutes, which was surprising. Lost minutes, but uh, MKG being out should open things back up again. For I, I still love Batum. Um, I think Batum's a great play on the other side. Anyway, I'm sort of rambling, but there's there. This is the game that I'm looking to like stack and mini stack a bunch of ways. I love Cat, but I also I think Tyus Jones is like way overlooked, and I have no idea what people are thinking. Like he had a terrible game the other night. He shot what did he shoot three for fourteen, and he put up twenty six fantasy points. Like. Why do we think he can't get 40 fantasy points in a good – like, this is not a bad matchup at all. Um, I just think it's a really, really good spot to play him. They're, like we said, they're low on bodies. Every extra guy that goes down. So I like Tyus Jones a lot. I like Andrew Wiggins. I like uh, Saric. All these guys are in play. And I even think taking shots on Kogi, who's, you know, been, like, actually playing well offensively lately. And the minutes are around 30. So all of these guys are firmly in play. If I'm ranking them, it would go Cat, Tyus – Wigan, Tyus, Sarich, Wiggins, Akogi. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to – I'm thinking of the game stack right now, how many T-Wolves you want. I'm uh, thinking Katz, Sharich, Jones, maybe Wiggins. Like, you could play four T-Wolves here with Kemba, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that you could play Kemba and other pieces, too. Like, I don't think that it should be exclusively Kemba. We've got some great opportunity guys on the other side in addition to him. I'm going to go ahead and take a peek at my expert survey again, too, because I had a note as far as Minnesota, which I thought was pretty interesting to speak to Kemba. Kemba had a goofy game last time, last time out where he had three fouls in like the first, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the first quarter or so. Uh, the coach didn't let him play until the second half. Would you believe he didn't foul out? Isn't that amazing? He got three fouls in the first half. He didn't get three in the second half. He also didn't play. He, he, you know what? That would, took everything to get his floor game out of him. He literally didn't play after the first six minutes of the first half until the third quarter. And then he was just adequate, basically, playing-wise, the rest of the game. And they, I mean, the game almost went in overtime. Like, he, there were so many weight routes for him to get there, and I really needed it that night. Um, 
anyway, well, I, just, I think you're doing. I mean, yeah, you, uh, the the basketball gods uh, paid you back in this game, right? Nothing else. Uh, yeah, last night, right? But uh, um, it's not always going to fall our way. Uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of Kemba too, and it didn't work out for me. And I think he played basically the entire second half for what it's worth. Like the coach said, gave him, they pushed him a little bit because I think he missed me two or three minutes or so in total. Um, so Minnesota, thirty minutes as opposed to thirty-eight. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It might have actually in that kind of a game, it might have been like forty-four. So Minnesota in the last 15 games, Minnesota has the worst defensive rating in all, in all basketball, right? Not just that, but they're allowing uh, the most three pointers in all of basketball the entire season. Kemba's uh, just going to drain some threes tonight, man. I love, and it sounds like we're, we're on the same page this one. Uh, I love Kemba tonight. Uh, again, you can only play so many players. The centers are jumping off the page, but I really want to get a ton of Kemba. It sounds like you're, you're there as well. Yeah, you want a bunch of Kemba, and then you want, like, in stacks, like, you want to try a Batum uh, Lamb stack, too. I think that's worth it completely. I also really like Lamb, by the way. I don't love playing Lamb and Kemba together as much as I usually like playing Kemba and Batum because Lamb, you know, he can be a little bit more scoring reliant, although he actually does get a lot of steals and things like that. So he's been getting more boards this year. So maybe I'm a little bit off with that thinking. But today He's one of the best rebounding guards out there. Yeah, no, it's true. That's that's fair enough. And the minutes are more consistent. And even like MKG just missing his 12 minutes adds a little bit of a bump for every one of these guys potential minute-wise if they decide to go that route. So I love this game stack. I think that all these guys are in play. I think Kemba's number one, Batum's number two, Lamb is number three, Marvin Williams is strong. Oh, wait, sorry. My, uh, Miles Bridges is completely the guy you want to take a shot on. For one thing, if they go the other way and just go with the youth stuff um, and he gets as many minutes even as he did last time, which he could get more because you have no MKG for the whole game, the guy, this he could potentially be a better value play than Troy Brown, and you could play them together. Now, it's definitely not you know locked in or anything. There's a good chance he wouldn't be on the court. Uh, Bacon might take some of those minutes, but I love just the speculative play on Bridges. So everybody in the starting lineup outside of Biombo will be in my like spread throughout my lineups. But Bridges is a really, really good value, high upside value play, I should say, even though there's definitely a downside. Let's knock out some questions from the chat as we kind of like take a little break here. Is Mikhail Bridges a good pickup tonight? He plays a lot of minutes. They say minutes equal money, but like he defies that, doesn't he? He's kind of terrible. A pickup? Does it, I mean, I don't, what does that mean? I like, mean, I guess the play tonight, I assume. Yeah, it's um, like he's a he I, I have less interest in him than I did earlier and it's only the minutes that I'm interested in and looking for value but I, I think he's fine I just don't think it's not somebody I'm prioritizing uh can you play Millsap as far as DK cash yeah. I don't think I would on this slate but I I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world I just don't think it's necessary to do on this slate I don't think he fits the build like I don't think he's going to implode it but yeah maybe he's your last band and if you love everything else I suppose you can do that uh, just a comment here. You guys are awesome, by the way. I'm always afraid to cross the train tracks and jump over there on YouTube, but they're, they're nice over there. You guys, uh, if you're watching us, feel free to uh, like and subscribe. That wasn't me like kissing up or anything. We much appreciate that. And join over here. Uh, join us at rotogrinders.com as well. Uh, a couple more questions here. Uh, let's see. Well, I do, I'm scrolling down and I'm trying to buy time. Unfortunately, uh, I missed the questions. They're just talking about Hardaway being out. They're talking about some uh, college basketball as well, too. Uh, is uh, Dario Saric, give me a minute projection on him because they don't really play him a lot. Uh, he's been a disappointment. Is that That's fair to say, right? Wait, Saric? Yeah. Yeah, like overall, he's been a disappointment. I thought he'd be much better in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, to be honest. Um, it's weird, though. I think in the modern-day game, he looks more like a five than he does like a four to me. Um, he just is He's big and slow, and I think that hurts. But uh, But you got to like him tonight. 
All right. Uh, what else is worth saying here as far as Minnesota, Charlotte, or shall we move on? Um, no, just going to reemphasize that this is the stack that I'm going with. And look, it could totally burn me. I'm going to have some other stacks as well. But like, this is mostly where I'm allocating. I mean, there's like three players from this game in like most of my lineups, so at least three. Yeah, I like the game a lot as well. Utah, Atlanta, 226 is a total. Atlanta is a seven point dog here. Uh, Utah traveling on a back to back as well. Uh, they absolutely walloped New York so last night, surprisingly. Um, so they're well-rested for what it's worth. Um, Gobert feels like the pivot off all the other centers. What are the, are the odds that Gobert is the best dollar-for-dollar dollar center uh, amongst Drummond, Jokic, and Cat? I actually think there's like a – there's it's not likely, but there's enough of an outside chance that he could end up being the highest scoring of all of them. It's just unlikely. Um, but it's possible. <laughs> like – yeah, this is a good matchup for him. Like this is a really, really good matchup. Um, I know that we say bigs, but he's not, he's not like a post big, and Atlanta's actually been decent in some ways against him. But like, just Gobert. I know people say he's better in plotting games. This game is going to have enough pace. There's going to be so many rebounds out there. Not to mention the shot block upside, the steals because Atlanta's sloppy, um, and he should be able to do you know what he wants down low. He's cheap enough over here on fantasy draft. He is the pivot on other sites to those guys. But um, it is hard between him and Drummond. I just really like the matchup with him. And I, I really don't mind, a, you know, a little mini stack of this game. The problem is I think a lot of people are going to play guys in this game that I don't really understand why. Who are they playing? Because I don't think people are playing anybody here. Did I miss something? Maybe I'm looking at – I was just stuck on my earlier projections. Yeah, they, everybody went away. Never mind. Um, well, I thought that – you know, actually now I actually like it a little better because <laughs> there aren't so many people on it. Um, I thought Trey Young was going to have some ownership. Uh, just because of the price. And I think he's actually interesting just because of the price. It's a, it's a matchup where I don't mind. I'm going to have like a Rubio, Gobert, Trey Young stack for sure. Um, if you want to take shots on Mitchell, that's fine. There's other plays, players I prefer that are in his price range. But I really like the Rubio, Gobert, uh, Trey Young like mini stack, especially now that I see the ownership is pretty non-existent on it. And uh, this like Rubio, I know there's like variance in this, but like, this could be a game where he just goes nuts. Even if it's a blowout, like like he could just fill up the entire stat sheet like against a team like Atlanta. I just really like him as a play. Um, I know he hasn't put up the numbers recently. This could be one of those breakout. Where did that 50 come from? Um, and he could win you a, a slate, I think, in, in this kind of matchup. Yeah, so the interesting thing with Rubio, this is something I was digging into today. You know, obviously, since coming back from the injury, the minutes have not exactly been there. Uh Two games ago, it, he was on track, in theory, to play 30 minutes. If he closed, the game didn't blow out. Last night, of course, was a blowout once again where he ended up around 20 minutes or so he played. But he only played like 12 and a half, like 12 and a half minutes in the first half. So in theory, I guess you could say he was on track to play 25. Of course, the price has adjusted to some degree. Uh, if you can get like 27, even 27 minutes out of Rubio against Atlanta, where the price is at uh, on DK, where the price is at in fantasy draft, uh, it's somebody that's worth considering. How about a similar price point, Rubio versus Jones? I know you're going to have both. I like both of them a lot. Um, I think Jones is probably the better – he's a lot more of a longer shot play. I think Rubio will have a little more ownership, especially in the higher buy-in tournaments. Um, it's a really tough one, actually. I like, I like both of them so much that I think I have pretty similar shares. Uh, I guess maybe you give the, the little bit of an edge to – to Rubio, but I feel like Tyus is going to be even more off the board. So I'm sort of, I don't know. I'm very stuck on that. I have basically the same ownership in both. YouTube chat is trolling Grant about seeing Boban on the bench. If you guys tuned in a couple of days ago, Grant was, 
I mean, I hope people weren't taking him seriously about playing Boban. He was taking it seriously. Was he, he joking? Played, he's your boy. He I don't know Boban. what he's joking. He played Boban. Did he play him? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. 100%. <laughs> like, he 100% he played some, or he played 100% of Boban? If he says he's doing something 100%, he does it. Right. He's not right. going to change it unless something weird had happened. When there was nothing weird to happen afterwards, so anyway. Uh, Mitchell, he's going to be lost in the slate, right? Like, and he, it's a great matchup. Again, if you get 35 minutes out of Mitchell against Atlanta, he seems, he seems pretty interesting, pretty appealing. And you talk about game stacking, I would assume he pops up in your stack or not he's necessarily. Less, he's less of my stacks. I prefer the Gobert Rubio combination than I do to Mitchell. Partly it's because I love Kemba at the same price, basically. Um, that's all I got. I, I, Mitchell on his own. I, I, yeah. There probably will be a Mitchell Gobert Trey Young stack. I have in some of the smaller buying stuff, but um I'm more interested in the other guys and all of them are in play. Like this is the ceiling type of matchup for them. This, this is a high, you know, up pace game for these guys. So I really like every, all the starters. I'm just mostly realistically going to play Rubio and Gobert with little sprinklings of Mitchell and Ingles. So there's a question in chat. Uh, who's uh, no, no, not that one. Uh, Kemba or young uh, or both. Kemba. I much prefer Kemba. It sounds like you much prefer Kemba as well too. Uh, yeah. I, I just think Kemba absolutely smashes tonight and, Charlotte, well, they're mathematically still alive. You know, I think you're going to still battle. They're still going to fight. I was on uh, with 538. I think they're at like 4% as far as their percent chance of making the playoffs. Was it 4% or 1%? I think it was 4%. Yeah. So they have a 4% chance in theory. So, you know, dumb and dumber, you're telling me there's a chance. I suppose they're going to keep uh, playing it out. Uh, maybe, you know, a couple of games check back when it's all over. But as for now, I think Kemba crushes tonight. Um, anything else that's worth talking about as far as this game or shall we oh well there's Atlanta you mentioned Young uh, Collins is there I just I don't know man uh, the matchup's not good Atlanta nobody's really getting a fair amount of minutes for me it's it's mostly a pass maybe I'm wrong you talk about game stacking it is it just Young or who you're pairing with them I think that it's pretty much just Young for me unfortunately like the weird part is like you could argue that Young is almost a cash game play even like he just doesn't ever put up less than 40 pretty much um and we know there's upside on top of it so the more you think about it young actually should be like he's he's a better play than i actually thought his ownership is depressed because of kemba but you can play both of them together obviously we mentioned the other guards i like so i I, as the more i look through this slate i'm starting to think maybe i like the guards almost as much as i like the centers um but i think trey young that that little mini stack is interesting i don't really know that i'm going to go anywhere else here i don't see the reason to it's just everything is sort of random it it feels like um i'm in general i'm a guy who's like squareder and think he's thinks he's actually like a really going to be a valuable role player for like a good team this hawks team will be in the future but i don't think that i'm going to play him tonight you know what his nickname is what is it i feel like i've heard it i just can't think of it right now red velvet what is it red velvet that was not what i thought it was <laughs> it's you pretty know, good dwayne, you know dwayne wade had given him the jersey thing that was pretty cool that was awesome because Herter, uh, I guess, Wade. found out through the grapevine somehow that, like, uh, Wade was Herter's favorite player when he was growing up. I guess that's such a cool thing, like your favorite player giving you his jersey the last time he plays in that city. And, you know, uh, that, these guys are obviously competitors, but it's, it's one big community too, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that, that was nice to see. Uh, and if Wade can stop trying to win games, he doesn't care about Miami's future. He's driving me nuts. <laughs> what is he doing? 
He's beating San Antonio. Can we stop doing that? Oh, come on. Get into the look, you know what? It's his last year. Give him the let him get into the No, playoffs. go away. Thank you, but get go out away. of there. Get out of there. This is the only he's the franchise. He's the whole Well the franchise is done after this year then. He's the entire history of the franchise. He's the reason it all works, him and Pat Riley. That's it. Well, Pat Riley is, is a you know, he's a relic and he doesn't he's too short sighted. Thank you, Pat Riley. You did a great job. You guys you are, play too hard. You have just got to get out of here with these ridiculous takes. You're gonna, you're gonna. We're forever me. gonna have the eight seed the rest of our lives. Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. No, Miami, Miami will get some superstars to sign with them as free agents. It's not a hard place to get people to come. They just need. In to theory, it's not. But like, who are you gonna join? Like Hassan Whiteside. You have you have a team that's similar to the Clippers in the East, basically a bunch of really good. Well, <laughs> Just not quite as good as the Clippers, but a bunch of good basketball players, and they just need us. They're 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 Kawhi Leonard away from being a real contender. They're like a bunch of guys that like are like the sixth best team on like your sixth best player on a good a contender team. in the East, I should say. Not really yeah. a contender, like a, a contender for the four seed, I should say. Something like that. I don't that. mean the sidetracker. I was thinking about this earlier today, and like uh, talking to somebody else about it, and like if you could trade your entire roster, all your assets, I think Miami and and like Detroit are like the two worst. No, no, Washington because of what they did with the whole John Wall thing. You can yeah. trade your entire team. Who's in a worse position than Miami or Washington, maybe Detroit? I can't think of anybody else. Maybe I'm wrong with this. I don't know if they're in as Detroit's in as bad of a spot as you think they are. Like, but okay. They're third. I, I used to think that way, but I don't think that's so I don't think that's so much anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh six games late. We can get sidetracked in this nonsense. And uh yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun with Miami get swept versus Milwaukee in the first round, but we'll we will move on. Um let's see. We're okay. Actually, we're a pretty good matchup for Miami, by the way. Well, I mean, yeah, they're going to be feisty because they're they're a tough out because they play tough. They yeah. give a hundred percent. That's the Heat culture, but like they're just not. Talented. They play Milwaukee especially tough too. <laughs> they play him Friday, by the way. Giannis will probably not play again. And the, Russell Westbrook's good scratch against Miami. All this bad luck. Last right. time Giannis led a thirty point comeback against them. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, it's a weird slate. It's like a double header. There's three games that, that are within a half hour, and then we wait two and a half hours, and then Dallas plays Sacramento. Two twenty nine is the total. Dallas is a, is a nine-point dog here. We just found that the THJ is not going to play. Uh, what's his name is going to play? Uh, Kleber. Kleber is in. How does THJ, Tim Hardaway, not playing affect things for you? People keep asking about this Justin Jackson, Harrison Barnes thing. I don't know. Let's forget narratives for a second. Justin Jackson has played 33 minutes yesterday. You can look at that as, okay, look, they blew him out. He played 33 minutes. Why would they play him again? He's returning to Sacramento. He's minimum, looking for value, probably a reach, but probably, like, in play, right? I think he takes a hit with Cleaver playing. He took a lot of Cleaver's minutes. Yeah, but you lose THJ. Yeah, but those minutes get delegated to, like, uh, you know, DFS. Uh, and Courtney Lee is going to get some run, probably. I don't think Courtney Lee's going to get any right. Trey Burke. Trey Burke might, but Courtney Lee's not getting any I mean, I'm, I'm like eight minutes. for. I'm not saying he's going to play enough to even consider. I'm just like trying to think, try, I'm delegating minutes, basically. So basically, we're saying that THJ is out and it doesn't benefit anyone. I, I kind of see that a little bit, I guess. But I That's where I'm at. Like, so this game starts late. We would be shocked if somebody else was announced out. Like the one guy we really, you know, look, Luca is <laughs> obviously a strong play, but like this game could get ugly. The second of a back-to-back, the guy's beat up. Um, yes, they did get blown out. So he only took 29 minutes. I expect him to play. I'm not saying he'll be announced. Just saying like, keep your eye out. Like this is late in the season. There's a lot of things they could do. And that might be a whole slate changing thing. That that might give you an argument for, for maybe stacking one of these later games. Um, it's It's just really hard to know what, 
you know what they're going to decide but i'm just saying there's there's a chance like what if they what if dirk sits out although it's probably his last game in sacramento so maybe he won't um i don't know i'm just thinking out loud right here i'm not saying luca's not going to play but like if there's a draft of players some star players that are most likely to sit tonight he's the number one pick isn't he yeah i think so yeah i mean look i I don't know uh but i assume he's going to play and i assume he's going to play well yeah and if you play him if you like he's he's too cheap like I love a little mini game stack here with maybe Luca on one side. And then uh, my guys are Bagley. I think Bagley is like one of the top plays on the slate on the other side. And then uh, I love Heald too in this matchup. I think that I, I just, I, and I like Fox. I like all three of those guys, but I probably wouldn't play all three of them together. I probably play two of those three. And then taking a weird long shot on Bogdanovich. That's m- mostly how I'm approaching this game is a little mini stack. But on the Dallas side, like, I guess I'll take some shots with Jackson and take some shots with DFS, but I don't feel good about that. And honestly, it's only because I don't know what I want to have something in this game. Cause I, I don't know who else might be announced out on the second of a back-to-back. Like what if they just, even if they announced like Devin Harris is out sitting out of second of a back-to-back, it's possible. <laughs> and anything could get up like a little yeah. boost guys. So just, just worth keeping an eye on. And, and, you know, you know, Justin Jackson going back home, like narrative aside, if he, if you really think there's a chance he plays 30 minutes, he's definitely worth playing. Yeah, I mean, it's back-to-back, it's travel, and Dallas has no incentive to win games right now. So um, something wonky may happen on the Dallas side, would not surprise me. And also, as far as beat writers, as far as reporting, uh, it is a back-to-back, so there, there was no uh, shoot-around today. So even if there is something going on, it wouldn't be out there just yet. Uh, yeah. you know, again, for late swap sites, set yourself up for, you know, some uh, – don't just have, like, a 1v1 available. Set yourself up, like, a 2v2 or a 3v3. you got to set yourself up for uh, – multiple scenarios uh and like we said like a thj being out like i think brunson gets a small little bump dfs gets a small little bump harris grabs a few more minutes like it's just a bunch of guys getting small little bumps but not enough that we're i feel like i need anybody that like jumps off the page like we're all of a sudden you know troy brown like something like that like i don't see that as far as the dallas side um you mentioned bogdanovich he's been losing minutes and uh i wouldn't play i don't think i would play bogdanovich and jackson Jackson was starting say it again what if they announced Justin Jackson was starting? Like it wouldn't shock me. I think it's really possible. And if that happens, like, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Like I hate Justin Jackson, <laughs> you know, in terms of playing him, but like it's a lot of minutes in an up pace matchup against his former team where he's probably like his one thing was he would just play so long without shooting. If there was a time where he was ever going to shoot the ball, don't you think it'd be in this kind of a situation? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just thinking out loud, but um i think i'll have a little bit of jackson now that i think about it anyway i'm done with that do you think bogdanovich and bagley are negatively negatively correlated i feel like they are because bogdanovich has been losing minutes with the bagley grabbing some absolutely but i think that they're both so like they can both get there in the same game it just it's just about flow like which thing gets hot for them like there's times where bogdanovich is like the main guy they run everything through and then they run everything through bagley other times that's why it's hard to play these guys in general um and there's so many of them God, I love this team. I know they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're, they are one team I wish was in the playoffs because that would be a lot, a lot of fun to watch them just at least try against anybody. Um, but I, I think Bagley is like – like how is Bagley not like one of the best plays on the board? And so you're going to have to explain it to me. Well, I'm not – I wrote up Bagley as a really strong tournament play, so I'm not going to tell you he's not a good play. I think he's a really strong play. Uh, his minutes have gone up since coming back from injury. He's played 19, 20, 21, and 29 his last four games. Uh, and he's crushing yeah, that time 20, too. 21 was on a back-to-back, the front and back end of a back-to-back after right just coming back. So that means that I think you can expect 28 to 32. And he also had a minutes restriction too. And I imagine they're lifted now that he's at 29. And 
you know, like you said, Sacramento's not going to make the playoffs. Though I think they're technically not eliminated just yet, but they're like seven games behind OKC or whatever it is, six or seven games. It's not going to happen. They, they understand that. And why not, you know, let, let the kid finish strong, right? Um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't play Bagley close to 30 minutes once again. Uh, you know, and he's not priced at a point. If he does play 30 minutes, it's, it's, a, it's a bargain. But, of course, maybe he falls back to, you know, 15 minutes. I don't think that's going to happen. Or 20 minutes, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so I, I feel pretty good about him. Uh, the other pieces you talked about, if you want to kind of expand on the rest of the Kings, feel free and uh, throw some stuff out there. Harrison Barnes narrative, but I'm not really like going to prioritize that one tonight. Um, anyway, it is just there, but I don't have any real narrative. It's not really a narrative. Um, I think Bogdanovich is like a good speculative play just because the upside at his price is just like, okay, this is the kind of guy you want to play in tournaments and you're going to get that sneaky 45, 50 game out of him every now and then. Maybe it'll happen one out of every 10 games, but it's not like you can't like have an okay game and get you to 30, 35, which is fine at his price. So I like, uh, I like him as a speculative play, but mostly it's Bagley, Heald, Fox. Um, those are the guys I'm focusing on from, from this side. And as far as Barnes, like Barnes is usually a guy that doesn't win the slate for you. He's just a guy that doesn't lose the slate for you. He's usually the last man in. He's going to play 35 minutes or so and get you 26 fantasy points. And, you know, uh, that's sort of what he is. Every once in a while he has those spike games. I may play him just because, again, he's the last guy to make everything else work. Uh, we shall move on. we got 15 minutes before we step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time. What's up? I just hate that he's such a cashy play because I want to play like – I want to play it. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm an, I don't like him. Yeah. I mean, again, but nobody, wait, nobody likes him. Nobody says, Oh, I can't wait to play Barnes today. Sometimes but, I get excited about playing him. Like <laughs> I get excited when he's like 4,800. <laughs> like it's just, I don't know. It's just at this price. It just kind of like, blah. All right. Let's knock out these two games. Hopefully we'll save some time for, I uh, see some questions sprinkling again uh, in our chat. Of course, there are a couple, or there's some that are coming from uh, YouTube as well. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Jump over here to rotorgrinders.com. Get yourself a seven-day free trial. Detroit, Phoenix, 217 and a half is the total. Phoenix is a seven-point dog here. And the slew of awesome centers continues. Uh, tell me how Andre, Dump- Andre Drummond doesn't absolutely smash Phoenix here. Like, how is that not going to happen? You got me. Uh, um, I love Drummond. I-, I guess foul trouble. I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to mind, but he doesn't really get in foul trouble that much these days. Not really. Um, just, I, you know, there's really no argument against him. I, I, I love him. Blake's gear this time is going to have lower ownership than he usually does in Drummond normally would in this spot because everyone of, because of Jokic in town. So terrific tournament play, terrific play in probably all formats, to be honest with you. It's a great matchup. Um, I think Blake is still cheap enough where you can play him in this, in this game also. I don't yeah. think I would stack them together, but I like them at this price, especially on fantasy draft here at fourteen one. It's just okay. It's almost time to price enforce this guy, um, even though the rebounding has been non-existent since Drummond started going crazy. Well, Drummond steals all his rebounds. I know that's what that's what happened. I thought I thought it would lead to Blake doing more play creating, which he's done some of, but like not the assists aren't quite as high as you'd want anyway. Um, but still, the price is just makes him really appealing. So. Those are the two guys it begins with and the, the two guys it ends with for me for Detroit. I get the argument. If you want to play a, a Nish Smith or a Kennard, I'm just not going to do that myself. I actually think as we've gone through it, there's enough speculative punts that I think that I'm pretty happy with the other guys. And uh, if one of those guys ends up in one lineup or two of mine, don't hold it against me, but it's certainly not uh, not guys I'm trying to prioritize. Just if, maybe if they fit and I want to pivot off of some of my two chalky lineups, I'll take a shot on them. But mostly it's just avoiding that. 
Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at, too. Like, I don't really want to take a shot. One of those guys is probably going to get there as far as Ellington, the Canard dog. Uh, you mentioned Ish and Arjax. They basically eat, eat on each other. And, you know, they're each going to play around 25-ish minutes or so, give or take. And, you know, they, they're both okay, but neither really pop. Um, what about the Phoenix side? Booker should be tasked with playing, you know, close to 40 minutes here against Detroit. Obviously not particularly appealing. The pace that Detroit plays is really slow. Um, obviously Phoenix is thin. We touched on Bridges earlier, who should play close to 40 minutes. But uh, I think Josh Jackson off the bench, expected to play hmm, 31, 32, somewhere around there. He's a little bit more appealing for me, even, uh, you know, a little bit more expensive. There's Melton, who's just not very good. But uh, I suppose you can use him as like a pump play on Fandle as your potential drop. That's something you can consider. Um, otherwise, what else do you have me as far as Phoenix? I think Booker is a fine tournament play. I wish he had no ownership. Um, so, like, I've actually run into this spot a little if you, in my utility having 8,800 exactly, and it's really hard for me to talk myself into Booker over Drummond. And I don't love this. Like, I guess you could play Booker on one side, Drummond on the other side, and other lineups. But we mentioned a lot of guards that I like, so I just don't find myself having a ton of them. I think that Aiton's interesting. I know we've talked about a lot of centers, but you'll, he'll be completely lost in all this. And on fantasy draft at 13K, the price is reasonable enough. I, I don't mind him going up against Drummond. I think he can also pull him away a little bit. You can make that as an argument for maybe Blake gets more rebounds. Um, I'm just throwing things out there that are possibilities. But, like, I don't love anything on the Phoenix side um, except for Josh Jackson is hard not to like. And the problem is the ownership is high. I still think he's – the play if Rashawn Holmes is out I think you can even like I think that's when you can consider playing Bender um but only if you only if Rashawn Holmes is out in my opinion uh otherwise it's just I'm Josh saying Holmes at probable that must have been updated throughout the show at some okay, point okay so yeah I didn't see that but so assuming Holmes plays then it's I still love Josh Jackson I, I just think that the ownership's really high so I don't mind if you want to take a stance going one way or the other. I don't think he's like a surefire play to get there, but I think he's more likely to be in the 30 to 40 range than to not. So I'm going to play I'm going to play him in a good amount of my lineups, but probably not going to be much ahead of the field. You got anything else here or shall I move on? Um, I think Melton as, a, as just like a, a wild card shot or bridges, but like not for me, just mentioning their names because they're, they're fine. It's just not guys that I'm prioritizing. I see a question here in Roto Grinders chat: uh, Murray or Brunson? Uh, DK Cash. I think it's Murray. I don't. I don't think I want either of them in cash. But if there was one, it would be Murray. Murray's a guy I never like playing in cash. And I would never think to play in cash. But actually, at this price, maybe you could say he just is a cash game play. But Murray, I think, is the answer. Uh, Aiton versus Boogie. We'll talk about Boogie in a second. As far as the hammer, I prefer Boogie over Aiton. What say you? I think Aiton's got a higher ceiling. Uh, everybody's back for Golden State with Boogie being uh, with Boogie playing. I presume Durant is going to play. I'm not sure if you've heard the news, but is uh, was it his brother or his stepbrother or his adopted brother? I believe somebody close to his family was uh, murdered today. It was killed. Terrible situation. Wait, wait, what, what happened? Durant's uh, his uh, he's got a, a brother or a stepbrother or an adopted brother was was murdered today, and I think Atlanta. I want to say. God, that's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, not sitting. Uh, as far as I know, he's playing. Uh, I've not seen anything else on this, but to my knowledge, he's playing. But you'd presume he would go to a funeral whenever that's happening. Uh, so, and I'm not going to sit here and play. I know we talk about narratives, but like armchair psychologists, I'm not going to do that. Like, who knows what is, what's it, what his head is like right now? Um, and he's been, as far as basketball, jumping back to basketball, he's been like the worst he's been in like years as far as fantasy points. He's been awful. 
Uh, and it's a, the, one of the worst possible matchups too. And then Cousins is back as well. So, you know, uh, who knows what's going on there? What, what are you doing with the Warriors? They're already back in a bad matchup versus Indiana. Ah, uh, man, I have a lot of negative thing. I'm not going to say anything about Durant because I just that's horrible. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, if he's like obviously if he's out, that you know that makes this then then everybody becomes sort of a little more interesting. Especially, I guess it would be especially everybody. Um, maybe not Draymond too much, but a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 leaving the Warriors mostly alone. Yeah, uh, which is sort of weird, but like again, it's a bad matchup, but everybody's back and everybody's sort of kind of priced where they sort of should be. And again, I, I don't I don't know what to do. And stay tuned as far as news. Maybe Durant doesn't play. I have no idea. And who could fall to him if he doesn't? Uh, as far as the Indiana side, they're jumping up in pace. And you know, uh, we saw Miles Turner who had his minutes going up, and all of a sudden they got pushed back last game where uh, he basically got kicked off the court like somewhere middle in the third quarter, so never came back. Sabonis closed. We saw Dougie buckets close. We saw Tyreek Evans close. It, it cracked every possible wrong way for me and my teams. I was, like, well-positioned. I was having a good night. I'm like, oh, man, if I could just get a close here for this guy and that guy. And Corey Joseph got kicked off the court and didn't come back. And Tyreek, Tyreek Evans messed around. Like, this can very easily jump back the other way. It wouldn't surprise me. And Collison's out, so jo- Joseph is drawing the start. Um, do you think that was sort of – it's going to be a game-by-game, like, hot hand deal? What do you think the Pacers do as far as, uh, you know, their rotation now without Collison? Well, this is – I think this is really interesting because I think it's Tyreek Evans, I get it at this price, but, like, we're seeing a chalky Tyreek Evans who we've seen in even better spots with even less bodies <laughs> than this. This year, put up, like, 10, 15, 20 fantasy points, and you've got a guy who's going to be owned by, like, almost half the field. Um, that just seems like a little bit of a – maybe you get away from this chalk a little bit. Maybe you go to Corey Joseph. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that that's fine. I actually think that the, the like if you want to play the blowout angle, and this might be way too thin on this slate, but it was something I considered earlier in the day, and I'll definitely have some in the smaller buy-ins. Aaron Holiday at some point is going to get some run if there's like a reason for a blowout, or they just haven't, you know, Indiana's pretty tough; they stay in games. Holiday's really can, I mean, he can do a lot of things, especially in this kind of a game. It's probably too thin here, but like just because Tyreek did had, had one game like this, and he's going to be mega chalk all of a sudden when he's literally been putting up like Aaron Holiday's basic stat line. The rest of the games, which is basically nothing. I'm not really, but anyway, I just think it's, I have him in a couple of lineups, but I honestly think mostly I'm going to try and be way, way below the field on him. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I'm pulling up the ownership projections. Obviously, these are fluid. They're always going to change. Uh, that's one more thing you get if you guys are pre members here. Jamino and his team are always working on these all the way up the lock. And Joseph, as of right now, 8.6% and Evans, 32.5%. You know, Joseph's a, a tick more, and he's the starter. But, you know, we've seen Tyreek is definitely uh, volatile, and he absolutely could put up 40. Like, that wouldn't surprise us, but he also could put up, like, 12. And I don't know what to do either. Like, I, I, I'd i be lying if I told you this is the way to go, and I'm probably going to play, like, both routes. <laughs> and it sounds like you're more so on Joseph than you are on Evans. It's, you're playing the ownership game, I guess. Yeah, I, I like – I mean, I think that I'm – it's not that I'm really high on Joseph either. It's just in relation to the field, I'll be higher on him. Like this, I mean, Tyreek took 15 shots in 29 minutes. It's, it was a good paced game for him. Like, not that this wouldn't be just, we haven't seen any sign of this really, even in these spots where everybody's been injured. I mean, this was even when they didn't have Wes Matthews and um, they had literally nobody earlier this season. 
I think it's worth, look, 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 I feel stuck on this one. I feel like I'm trying to take a stance, but it also scares the hell out of me that he might put up 35 or 40. Yeah. Um, that's just sort of where I'm at. <laughs> um, I think that I'm going to just try to be below the field and hope it doesn't bite me too hard because I definitely could see it turning back the other way. And I don't want to re regret it and go, why did I play Tyreek again um, when I had all these instincts not to? So I'm going to be well below the field. Let's take these last three minutes or so in a piece of chat. And I got some questions. I know Devin's pulling some from YouTube. I'm grabbing some from RG as well. So here, right on cue, Tyreek or Joseph in cash? Like, I think jo I think Joseph's probably a little bit safer in cash. He's the starter, it right? So It feels so weird. To, yeah, but I mean, it still feels so weird that it, we should have to explain this. Like the other night, no one played Kyrie and Joseph still ended up like 20% owned, even though it was a late swapping situation. And now everybody's going to play <laughs> Tyreek. I mean, uh, not Kyrie. Now everybody's going to play Tyreek and not going to play Joseph. I think Joseph is the slightly safer play. That was a weird game last time out. I would go with Joseph. I know that feels – maybe that's wrong, but that's where I'm at. Uh, Barnes or Jabari, what are your thoughts on, the, on both of them? They're asking just general thoughts on Harry Barnes and Jabari Parker. I'm not playing much of either of them. I definitely get the, the justification for both, but I'm not going to be playing much of either. Uh, kind of working our way down as far as pulling questions. Uh, is the best power forward punt? Uh, oh, no, just the best power forward in general uh, on DK. The best power forward on DK. Let's see who I've got because I'm not loving this. Um, I think Josh Jackson is the chalk answer, but I guess I'd say Jackson. And, oh, no, Bagley's my favorite, though, for tournaments. Yeah, and I think uh, Dario Saric has got to be kind of interesting, oh, too, now. Dario Saric, yep. Uh, just kind of adding in with, with what's going on there. Uh, let's see. Best forward, uh, $4,600 or less on DK. Now they're getting specific on us. $4,600 or less as far as forward on DK. What do you have for me, Bobby? I'm thinking of Gander as well. Okay, so I think that the the tournament like play is probably Bogdanovich. Um, it's like Sarich again. Oh, wait, Sarich again. We have it 43. For yeah, cash. Sarich. So is your cash play, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. I, I keep forgetting about Sarich just because I, I have to edit that after and it came on during the show. But, um, but yeah, Sarich now would be the play. Wiggins and GPP. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not a big Wiggins fan, but, like, he, he's probably going to have to play 35, 36, 37 minutes or so with them being super thin. And, obviously, uh, I suspect they'll grab more usage. I saw you nod your head, so you're in agreement as well. Um, can, you, can you handle a twofer? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to for Tyus Jones and Josh Jackson or a Kobe uh, and Bagley. Tyus Jones and Josh Jackson. But I like, I, I'm okay with the Kobe thing. I like, I'm okay with it. And I love Bagley, obviously, but I think Tyus Jones and Josh Jackson is the better, the better play for pretty much any format. Booker or Luca? Booker or Luca? I think, I think, uh, I'm going to say Luca actually, just because if that game stays close, I think this, he goes, not, uh, I think it's. I think it is Luca, but it worries me a little bit with the late. I mean, you can always switch for him later. So why not play Booker and then switch to Luca if you want to? Um, yeah, like Booker feels a little safer to me. Luca feels like he has more of a ceiling. That's yeah, right. actually, they, but Booker always has a ceiling. That's the thing. So it's it's a it's a toss up. But I'm leaning more Luca because I like mostly in like little mini stacks with Sacramento. Beal versus Curry. Beal. Uh, Ish versus Okogi. I think it's a Kogi. Um, yeah. What wolves are safe for cash? Cat. Uh, um, that's probably the one you want to play in cash. I'm not sure that you need to play any other 
other than Sarich. That's it's with it's he and Sarich. That that's where I'm at too. Like I think Jones is fine. If you land on Jones, I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't need to force it. Uh, give me your guy before we step aside and get out of here. Who's who's breaking the slate? I think we both really like Kemba a lot. Is that your guy, or you tell me? Can we have our guy be that high owned? I feel like this should be your guy, like in uh, single digits or something like that, because it's too easy. Kemba's too easy of an answer. So, right, fair uh, enough. And Kemba and Cat are, are, are where I believe you should start your teams. But I'm gonna go out and say that uh, Marvin Bagley is gonna put up somewhere between 40 and 60, and I'm hoping it's on the higher side and he's gonna win somebody a tournament. That is ambitious. Uh, I will take 40. I'd be thrilled with 60. He's but, got uh, so much game, man. It's going to come out at some point. He's Bobby. I'm Dean. Stay tuned for Crunch Time with Andy and Roth. Enjoy your basketball tonight. We're out of here. Oh!